Blog Talk Radio.
head. I won't snitch, I ain't dropping a dime. I'm a self-made hustler, top of the line.
All right. Peace to the gods. Sorry about that. I couldn't even get the mic working. I don't know what's going on. So please get it get it moving. I want to say peace to everyone and welcome you to another episode of The Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. This is High Frequency, and we are the foundation. But we understand incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So as always, we are looking to correctly apply that correct information. I want to start off by saying all praises, thanks, and honors due to the creator and the ancestors. For without them, we definitely would not be here, as well as, I want to say peace to my big brother, Uncle Yusuf L., you know, the big brother, man. I'm going to say peace to the big brother, man. Shout out, man, High Frequency Radio Network creator. Paved the way, man. So shout out to the big brother, Yusuf L. Check him out. He over there popping on YouTube. Just go check him out. I also invite you to check out welcome to the foundation.com. As always, sign up for the email list first, then check out the PDF section. Educational tab gets you, you know, trust series one and two, get your passport, no social, part one and two, get the trust primer, foundation trust primer. Find the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can book a consultation. Make a donation all at the same spot. Welcome to the foundation.com. I want to say peace to all the listeners. Check them out. Salute. All the live listeners, all the live callers, live internet listeners, as well as the archive listeners. Shout out to the archive listeners. Those of y'all could not check out the show live because you're grinding. Peace to you, podcast listeners, as well as the MP3 listeners. As well as I want to say peace to all the trustees. And private trustee training here with the foundation As well as those who are investing in their private education I want to say peace to anyone we've done business with in the private Anyone who's sent an email Well wishes of current events Or anyone who's otherwise added to the foundation Definitely want to say peace I'll make sure that I'm coming through clear Because they're trying to I feel as though Microphones just be acting stupid, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? All right, let's jump into this. Um, the foundation, tales from the private side. Why not? Why not? Let me just share with you some of these, you know, amazing things that I've been a part of and or witnessed. You know what I'm saying? Just being private, you know? Just, you know, I think it's cool. And I'm going to share it with y'all. But before that, let's jump into these current events. We're going to jump in right in. We're going to talk about Reuters. Reuters.com safe haven dollar hits one month low on vaccine hopes. Risk sentiment revived in currency markets today as progress toward a vaccine helped equities rebound and commodity currency strengthen, pushing the dollar to a one month low. 
dollar index fell below 96 for the first time since June the worsening US China tensions and tensions and fears about economic impact of a second wave of um, pandemic in the United States the United States dollar weakness was again attributed to the risk on backdrop which saw stocks and yields head higher prompting the unwinding of safe haven long dollar positions the surge in risk taking came following news of an experimental vaccine that looks quote promising this is an analyst at action economics Interesting. Moving forward, y'all check this out. Deep fake used to attack activist couple shows new disinformation frontier. Y'all know what deep deep fake is? Oliver Taylor, a student at England's University of Birmingham, is 20-something with brown eyes, light stubble, a slightly stiff smile, a combination photograph from online as well as his online profiles describing him as a coffee lover and politics junkie who was raised in traditional Jewish home. The catch, Oliver Taylor seems to be an elaborate fiction. His university says it has no record of him. He was he has no obvious online footprint beyond an account on the question and answer site. Cora, where he was active for two days in March, two newspapers that just published his work said they have tried and failed to confirm his identity. Who is behind Taylor isn't known to Reuters. So what? Uh, calls to the UK phone number he supplied to editors drew an automated error message, and he didn't respond to messages left at the Gmail address he used for correspondence. Um, uh, what are we going here? The Taylor persona is a rare and wild example of a phenomenon that has emerged as a key anxiety of the digital age, the marriage of deep fakes and disinformation. The threat is drawing increasing concern in Washington and Silicon Valley. Last year, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff warned that computer-generated video could, quote, turn a world leader into a ventriloquist dummy, end quote. Last month, Facebook announced the conclusion of its deep fake detection challenge, a competition intended to help researchers automatically identify falsified footage. Deep fakes like Taylor are dangerous because they can help build a totally untraceable identity. This is Dan Brahmi, who's Israel-based startup Cybra specializes in detecting such images and deep fakes. Um, videos, pictures, videos of people talking and saying specific things, all fake, man. This, you know, this is the this is the age that we live in. And it's, it's time to, we got to be aware of these things, you know. But here we go, Bloomberg.com. Food inflation arrives, adding to woes of ailing restaurants. Restaurants, food inflation. And I said this was coming. We're going to get higher prices in food. <clears throat> According to a newly released data, 
from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, food inflation has arised, and that means slimmer profits for many already ailing restaurants, even as diners pay more for meals. Full-service restaurant prices rose um, 9% in June from a month earlier. At the same time, home cooking grew costlier. Grocery prices rose 7% from a prior month and 5.6% from a year ago, the largest increase since 2011. Overall, inflation has remained subdued amid the slower climb in rents. Restaurants which just started reopening in many states are serving fewer customers as they adhere to social distancing requirements with crimping sales, rising labor costs and difficulties hiring during pandemic are adding to their woes. Quote, currently our labor costs are greater than our sales for lunch Monday through Thursday. End quote. This is Jeff Tracy, a Washington, D.C. restaurateur was cutting back his hours said quote you don't need an MBA to know that model does not work end quote at Taco John's International a fast food chain with about 400 mostly franchised restaurants employee expenses are putting pressure on menu prices said Chief Executive Officer Jim Creel quote I think where we're going to see A price increase is going to be labor, Creel said. It almost feels like it's going to be worse coming out of the pandemic. So this is a this is a precursor going on. We got you know prices of food is going to continue to raise. Here we go. Check this out: Bloomberg.com, world's top sugar buyer losing its sweet tooth. Indonesia, the world's biggest importer of raw sugar, is seeing demand tumble as a surge in cases hampers out of home dining and dining, excuse me, and Royals nationwide delivery of the sweetener. In normal times, our consumption never falls, said Yadi Yusriyadi, senior advisor at the Association for Indonesian Sugar. He went on to say this is quite significant. Indonesian sugar prices remain above target despite lower consumption. And you no, know, we pay attention to these things that happen across, around the world because this stuff affects us, regardless if we believe or understand it or not. CNBC sterling above a dollar twenty-six as U.S. dollar falls. Sterling was dragged up by a weaker dollar and an improvement in risk sentiment today, with analysts saying it's likely to face further weakening due to economic damage inflicted by the crisis, Brexit. So, sterling was dragged up as the U.S. dollar falls. CNBC, extra unemployment benefits are available. You have to reapply to get them. This is from today, y'all. Federal law offers extra weeks of unemployment benefits to out-of-work Americans during the pandemic, but... The jobless may have to reapply in order to get them. The CARES Act, a federal relief law enacted in March, offers up to 13 additional weeks of jobless benefits through the Pandemic Emergency Unemployment Compensation Program. That means individuals can get about three more months benefits once they exhaust their standard state allotment, which generally generally lasts 26 weeks. The average American gets about 
$380 a week. The additional aid expires after the end of the year, but many Americans will have to reapply for those extra weeks of benefits instead of receiving them automatically, according to the Labor Department. So if you're getting them, you're not going to get them automatically. you got to reapply. See no Reuters.com. American Airlines is sending 25,000 furlough notices. Says demand slowing again. American Airlines said on uh, a call today, it is sending 25,000 notices of potential furloughs to frontline workers and warned that demand for air travel is slowing again as cases increase and states reestablish restrictions. The Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act requires companies to provide 60 days' notice potential layoffs or furloughs. In a memo to employees released today, American Airlines said the notices are tied to the overstaffing and it expects in October when U.S. government payroll assistance expires. American Airlines, with more than 130,000 employees in 2019, had already warned that furloughs would be hard to avoid the revenue remains more sluggish than the airline had hoped. It's a lot. J.C. Penny, Reuters.com. J.C. Penny to cut 1,000 jobs and close 152 stores. J.C. Penny Company Incorporated said today would cut about 1,000 jobs and shutter 152 stores as the U.S. Department Store chain looks to emerge from Chapter 11 protection. And the crisis, the layoffs would impact corporate field management and international roles, and eligible departing employees would receive a severance package. The company is also in talks with its landlords regarding store closures. JCPenney filed for bankruptcy protection in May with plans to explore possible sale joining a spate of brick-and-mortar retailers to crumble under the pressure brought on by the pandemic. On Tuesday, Calvin Klein also announced a reduction in the number of its office employees. And you know, just keep, keep it going. It's going to keep happening. CNBC gold inches up on virus surge. And U.S.-China tensions, gold prices edged up today, holding above the $1,800 level as a surge in cases and simmering U.S.-China tensions bolstered safe-having demand, but a strong equities market capped the advance. Manipulation. Quote, a surge in confirmed cases, particularly across the U.S., lockdown measures being reinstated, as well as rising geopolitical tensions between the U.S. and China have supported a flight to safety in gold, end quote. This is standard chartered analyst Suki Cooper. President Donald Trump yesterday ordered an end to Hong Kong's special status under U.S. law, which gives preferential economic treatment to the city, prompting Beijing to warn of retaliatory sanctions. Rising U.S. stocks following a strong quarterly showing by Goldman Sachs and promising early data for potential 
uh, a potential vaccine offset some of the bullish factors in gold. Both stronger equities and optimism have capped some upside momentum in gold, supporting risk appetite, but underlying investor interest still remains strong, end quote. Bullion gold, which is widely viewed as a hedge against inflation and currency debasement, has risen over 19% so far this year. That's why I was telling y'all to grab gold, still telling y'all to grab gold, mainly benefiting from lower interest rates and widespread stimulus measures from major central banks. Gold prices could touch 2000 per ounce by year end, helped by lower real interest rates, massive fiscal stimulus, and a weak economy. This is Philip Stribble, chief market strategist at Blue Line Features in Chicago. Very interesting. Reuters.com Japanese robot to clock in at a convenience store in test of retail automation. Telling you, here here it comes. Telling you, here comes a robot. In August, a robot vaguely resembling a kangaroo will begin stacking sandwiches, drinks, and ready meals on shelves at a Japanese convenience store in a test its maker. Telexistence hopes will trigger a wave of retail automation. Following that trial, store operator Family Mart says it plans to use robot workers at 20 stores around Tokyo, around Tokyo excuse me, by 2022. At first, people will operate them remotely until the machine's artificial intelligence can learn to mimic human movements. Rival convenience store chain Lawson is deploying its first robot in September. Quote, it advances the scope and scale of human existence, of human existence, end quote. The robot maker's chief executive, Jin Tomioka, said as he explained how its technology lets people sense and experience places other than where they are. <laughs> the idea dubbed Telexistence was first proposed by the startup's co-founder, University of Tokyo professor Susumu Tachi. Robots are still a rare sight in public, although they can outperform humans in manufacturing plants built around them. They struggle with simple tasks in more unpredictable urban settings. Solving that performance problem could help businesses in industrialized nations, particularly those in rapidly aging Japan, cope with fewer workers. Firms hit by the outbreak may also need to operate with fewer people. Mm-hmm. It's just going to accelerate this stuff. Reuters.com. Navistar, Navistar, to develop self-driving trucks with too simple. Truck maker Navistar International Corporation has bought a minority stake in too simple and aims to co-develop self-driving trucks by 2024. This is all about truck drivers. With the technology company as it rolls out a national U.S. autonomous freight network. The two companies announced today self driving technology for freight trucks has attracted investor attention as it should be easier and cheaper to roll out than in self driving cars and robo taxis while providing a clearer path to profitability. Unlike self driving cars and robo taxis, self driving freight services run on fixed routes between predefined points. Almost all of that on major highways with no intersections or pedestrians. 
That business is more predictable and requires less mapping than driving customers between random points. Navistar and Too Simple did not disclose the size of its stake. Too Simple recently announced it was launching a self-driving truck network with United Parcel Service, also known as UPS. Trucking firm U.S. Express Enterprises and McLean, a supply chain unit in Berk- of Berkshire Hathaway. Navistar Chief Executive Percio Lisboa, who said the truck maker chose Too Simple because its software was more developed than its competitors and because relations with customers said the minority state could, quote, turn into something bigger as we go to the next phase of development. Self-driving car developers are aiming for level five or full autonomy, which will require far greater investments of money, time, and research to develop. Isn't that interesting? Oh, yeah, and Twitter, Twitter was hacked. Twitter silencing some verified accounts after a wave of hacks, a series of high-profile Twitter accounts with Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, all these cats were hijacked today with some of the platform's top voices, including U.S. presidential candidate Joe Biden, Kim Kardashian, Barack Obama, Elon Musk, and rapper Kanye West, among many others, were used to solicit digital currency nearly two hours after the first wave of hacks. The cause of the breach had not yet been made public and a sign of the seriousness of the problem. Twitter took the extraordinary step of preventing at least some verified accounts from publishing messages altogether. Some experts said it seemed probable that hackers had access to Twitter's internal infrastructure. It's highly likely that the attackers were able to hack into back-end or service layer of Twitter application. And, quote, this is Michael, (coughs) I'm just going to say B, man. His last name starts with a B. Director of Software Engineering at Security Company Synopsis. Who went on to say if the hackers do have access to the back end of Twitter or have access to direct I'm sorry, direct database access. There's nothing potentially stopping them from pilfering data in addition to using this tweet scam as a distraction. Shares of the social media company tumbled almost 5% in trading after the market closed. Twitter told Reuters just before 5 p.m. Eastern that it was investigating what it later called a security incident and will be issuing a statement shortly. However, as of 7 p.m., the company has, had still not issued an explanation of what exactly took place. And, you know, everybody's all over this internet, man. Internet's great, and, and that's cool. Let's see where's the super duper internet. None of this stuff is safe. And on top of that, I think, you know, this is, this this may be connected or maybe, you know, somehow 
having something to do with, you know, all the cell phones, you know, not working a couple weeks ago. But I don't know. Let's jump let's jump out of this. Let's jump into the show though. So welcome to the foundation. I'm gonna talk about some tales from the private side. You know what I mean? And really what I'm gonna say is I'm really just gonna go into some personal experience that I have with how it's different. When you're doing business and operating from the private, aka from a private entity, versus when you're doing business from the public, you know? And I'm not going to really get too much into the dealings too much in the public, you know? Just beyond the compare and contrast about what I'm talking about. But. What I am going to get into is just a few instances that can describe the benefits, all right? Excuse me. All right. So... When it comes to details from the from the private, I'm not going to say any names. You know, um, some of these uh, these instances come from situations where I was dealing with clients and whatnot. So, you know, with that being said, first and foremost. A lot of people want to talk about, you know, titling of, you know, their assets. You know, I need to title the car in the trust. I want to title the house in the trust. And all, you know, a lot of people want to talk about titling. But in reality, no one really wants to talk about what name they put the, the utility bills in. Let's talk. I'm just going to talk about that real quick. So, real talk, you know, on the prop. In this first tale, from the private side, utility bills in the trust name. That's private. Cable. Cable internet. In the trust name. You ever tried it? Time Warner, Comcast. Put put it put the bill in the trust name. The power bill, the light bill. Gas bill. You own the property. You own, you own real estate. The 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 taxpayer for the property taxes. All of these mean the name of the trust. So I guess the first tale from the private side is on a private end. There's no there's no bills that come in the name of you know the individual or the so-called individual. You don't do business with that name. You do all new business in our new name, the new name that we're administering under contractual obligation is the name of the trust. So I know you've never tried it. I typically only tell trustees this. Put put the bill in the name of the trust, man. Straight up. <clears throat> Next. 
it's easy to understand on the private side how to get past, you know, certain requirements. For example, the requirement of a personal guarantee. <clears throat> a lot of people want to talk about my company, my trust, all these other things. And then when they go to do applications and all this other stuff for credit, applications for business credit, so on and so forth, they're asked or requested to do a personal guarantee. See, if you weren't, if you weren't around and doing business and you're constantly saying and referring to the trust or the company, even a public entity, even though we talk about tales from the private side. When you run around talking about ownership, that's that's where a lot of times the personal guarantee comes into play. And when it comes to, you know, personal guarantees, when it comes to credit, all you got to do is say, I don't own the company. I just work here. I don't feel comfortable doing a personal guarantee for a company or a trust. You know, I just work for them on a contract. And I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, especially if the trust or company, whatever, has some sort of history or any type of substantiating information, if they can run the, you know, the the reverse lookup or something, it's got a website, anything like that, there's going to be a no PG on it. So we don't personally guarantee nothing on the private side. No, no loans, no bills, no nothing. When it comes to own nothing, control everything, owning doesn't only include gold and jewelry and cash and property and businesses, clothes and cars and whatnot. It doesn't only just mean that. Own nothing, control everything means we also don't own in debt. A lot of people say, oh, debts. Oh, on a debt. Yeah, yeah, you you say that too. So when it comes to, you know, doing business, whether it's utility bills, cable bills, internet bills, power bills, light bills, gas bills, cars, properties, <clears throat> we own nothing, control everything. Another thing, on the private side, we don't use traditional banks for financing. We don't. On the private side, we don't use traditional banks or credit unions for financing. Financing vehicles, financing homes, none of that. <clears throat> we know how to do and, and execute private banking, private banking, private family banking, which is commonly in the private, conducted in conjunction with life insurance policies. 
this is a particular type of license insurance policy, but the contributions, especially when you're dealing with um, the owner and the beneficiary, the contributions are expenses and tax deductible to life insurance policies. Now, I'm not, you know, I don't give legal advice. I'm not a tax attorney or something. You know what I'm saying? This is stuff that you look up. This is, you know, informational, educational, entertainment purposes, whatever. I don't get legal advice. Life insurance is an expense to the private estate. The premiums on life insurance. And this specific type of life insurance has a cash value. So not only is this a reduction in taxable income when premiums are paid to life insurance policy, but when your child, you know, children are born, life insurance policy on them, at least one. So when they become of age by 18, there's a lot of cash value in that policy. By 21, there's a lot of cash value in that policy. Do you really think that the wealthy really give these trust fund kids like the actual cash from the estate? No. They get the cash value from the life insurance policy. On the private side, we don't bank like people in the public bank. Give up interest on principal to the public, to others, others, family banks and family institutions or public institutions that are heavily owned or set up exclusively for the benefit of a private family or state. And through, you know, private financing in conjunction with a private family bank. On the private side, we don't bank like the people on the public side do. We don't look at it the same way. At all. Like 100% at all. It's completely different. Green private is, is a change 100% in your lifestyle. It's a change in the way you think. It'll change your quality of life. It'll change what you can afford. It'll change what you can do. It'll change where you can go. It'll change what you can and cannot eat. Got another one. Beyond not using traditional banks or credit unions. I was dealing with a um dealing with a client. <clears throat> I'm not gonna say any names. Who, you know, they were the trustee of a private estate. In trustee training, you know, and they had a a vehicle in the name of the trust. One of the trustees was, you know, operating the vehicle, operating the car, driving the car, traveling it by using the 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 private motor conveyance. However, you want to look at it, Mike. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, under the influence of alcohol, was pulled over. The car was impounded. And that that other that trustee went to went to jail. Concerned about the car, concerned about their family, 
you know, this client got a hold of me and asked what to do, you know, hey. My family member who's the other trustee was arrested and charged with driving under the influence of DUI of alcohol and they impounded the car that's that's in the trust. It's, it's, that's the verified is the car in the trust. It's cars in the trust. Okay, well is the insurance for the car? Is it paid by the trust in the name of the trust? The insurance for the car is paid by the trust in the name of the trust. Are you sure? I'm sure. I'm sure. I set it up. But it's in the impound lot. So, with the title, copy of the insurance, and a repossession order signed by the Board of Trustees, this trustee was able to go down to the impound lot and retrieve that vehicle. Now, of course, you're not going to get out of having to pay the impound fee. This trust property, so, you know, that's an expense to the trust, depending on how the indenture is, you know, established. But that's it right there. I mean, look. Typically, you know, cars are in one individual's name. That individual needs to come and get the car. You know, they got some sort of proceeding or, you know, sometimes the city or the state can seize the car. No, on the private side, you won't worry about none of that. It doesn't matter. The other trustee just goes and picks up the property of the trust. That trustee, as a trustee, you're charged with the specific duty of maintaining And properly caring for the trust property. So retrieving retrieving it from the impound lot is not a problem. A because it's owned by the trust and not owned by the person who is currently incarcerated pending charges. It's property of the trust. I'm I'm the trustee. I'm here to pick up trust property. I have the necessary documentation. Yeah, no problem. I can wait. No issue at all. I hope y'all hearing what I'm saying. I really do. Next one. I got another tale for y'all. Tales from the private side. And I got one. I don't even know if I'm going to say this one, man. (laughs) This is kind of, man. Let me skip to this one. All right, so check this out. Tales from the private side. Here's the music. Tales from the private side. Okay, look. So, (laughs) exchange. 
no 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 sales no 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 sale no tax one individual one gentleman had a commercial building you know uh i don't know if you know you know little spots you run up on you know i don't know what you know where you from from the south side but um you run up, you know, and it'd be like a couple buildings, or it'd be a whole. Maybe sometimes it look like the same building, but it'd be separated. So like one spot would be a barber shop, and then next door it'll be a daycare or something like that. Well, <clears throat> he didn't own the whole building, but how they sold it, they sold it by unit, and called them buildings or whatever, and gave them each. You know, each little spot had its own address and whatnot, its own utilities, own its own water. They had all, all its own, you know, amenities and whatnot. So they were individual properties. They were just all kind of like in the same structure, if that makes sense. Anyways, this guy owned one of them spots, um, a little spot. Actually, he had a little two-bedroom um, on upstairs. But it wasn't – actually, it was. It was separate. So he could have rented out the upstairs as a you know two bedroom unit. And they had a little two bedroom unit upstairs, and the downstairs was like a shop. Now look, the downstairs where the shop was, it was cool, but it needed some work, man. If it needed some work on the floor, the paint was jacked up. It was just a, it was a terrible color. And but you know it was a nice building. It was it was mixed use business residential, you know, um, or commercial residential. I think it was like it was worth three hundred eighty-five thousand is what Dude wanted for it. So he had this building. This other guy was a client. Uh, you know, he had a he was a trustee of a trust, and in, in the account of that trust, he caused it because it was more in there. But he caused there to be $385,000 in the trust account. All right? So what I did, and I'm going to tell y'all because whatever, y'all ain't got the contracts. <laughs> but there's a contract to exchange trusteeships. All right? There's a contract to, for them to exchange trusteeships. So one, the guy with the property, you know, A, Put the put the property um, legally and lawfully. He had to get it into, and he wasn't my client. The guy with the property, the guy with the with the money was. So the guy with the property had to figure it out. But he figured it out. He got the he got the property in the trust, <clears throat> and the trust was it was cool. You know, it was good. <clears throat> and then the checking account with three hundred eighty five thousand dollars that was already a trust checking account. So basically, what happened was. Contract to exchange exchange trusteeships that they would exchange, you know, that the guy with the checking account, the trust checking account, would name the gentleman with the building in the in you know title to the trustee. He would name him as a successor trustee, and then the same with the guy with the building. He named the guy with the with the checking account, the trust checking account. Named him the successor trustee. So they named each other as successor trustees, and then they resigned. So 
So they named each other as successor trustees. So like you, you got the you got the account. I got the building. You know what I'm saying? I named you as a successor trustee. The board of, meeting of the board of trustees. And then you do the same thing. You name me as a successor, and then resign from the trust as trustee. Then I. I come in as a trust, you come in as a trust, and that's what happened. You know, the guy with the commercial building, he came on as a successor trustee of the of the the you know the trust with the checking account, and the guy with the checking account came on as a successor trustee of the trust that owned the building. You know, the little, the little shop on the bottom with the little two bedroom upstairs. They were very happy. There was an exchange of trustees. It wasn't. It was not an asset exchange or anything like that. 100% exchange of, tr- of trustees. So in that in that specific situation, it was exchange of trustees, not an asset. It was no sales, so there was no taxes. It was it was 100% non-taxable, contractual transaction. And those sales, man, there's very few sales that happen on the private side. Very few. On the private, you have um, access or control over assets. Or items of, of intrinsic value. And I have control typically through trust of items of intrinsic value or assets. And the private is typically an exchange. If you just join it, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm sharing some tales from the private side. And the contract with regards to the trusteeship was definitely notarized. So if any one of those Trustees wanted to try to act in in a in a manner that doesn't show clean hands. It was a contract that you know spelled out the terms of the you know of the agreement, which could have been you know their com- performance could have been compelled. Basically, is what I'm saying. So. Next up, next up, hold on, let me, let me just chill with that. Let me just chill with that. Because I think that's very important. It's a really important um, distinction to make when it comes to, you know, how most of the time how people do business in the private. How, how, yes, how people do business in the private, those who are in the private and how they do business. I think it's very important to understand that. You gotta understand that a lot of times Federal Reserve notes are not used within within the transaction. I would say most times, most times Federal Reserve notes are not used in a within a private transaction. That stuff typically happens, you know, in public transactions. Not in private transactions.
Most of the time in private transactions, uh, a, a contract governs the exchange, and, it, and it, it's just that. And it's an exchange that's happening. Consideration for performance, performance for consideration, and in that order. On the private side, we understand the power of the contract. We understand that Clues versus Jameson, C-L-E-W-S versus Jameson, 182 U.S. 461. The Supreme Court uh, says that the court will support the trustees in carrying out the terms of their contract and agreement. And, you know, from from being on the private side, from standing over here, it's understandable and obvious that you got to get past the, the it's kind of like the fun house, the, the, the haunted house. How about that? You got to get through the haunted house. And realize that there's really no there's really no um, true threat. The only real threat is inaction or the incorrect action. But once you get through the haunted house, the scary part of it, you understand that as a trustee, the court will support the trustees and carrying out the terms of their trust contract and agreement. Courts cannot create new terms to pre-existing contracts. Courts cannot interpret the contract unless asked to specifically interpret the contract. I'm going to get into this, you know. It's not for everyone. This stuff is not for everyone to know. And I, I truly believe, you know, regardless of what I say, those who have ears will, only, will be the only ones who can hear what I'm saying. But, you know, these families, these wealthy families, on the private side, family trips to exotic locations are considered charitable activities when they're dealing with their private foundations, their private family foundations. And it's an actual lawful and legal write-off. I'm going to say it again. On the private side, family trips to exotic locations are considered charitable activity when conducted through private family foundations. Wealthy families that 
administer private family foundations are actually encouraged by the Internal Revenue Service. To take these vacations. And these family vacations, like I said, are considered charitable activities. We're talking about charitable activity Only decisions By the United States Supreme Court Are binding authority on the Internal Revenue Service That's it Only decisions by the U.S. Supreme Court Are binding authority on the Internal Revenue Service A case decided by the U.S. Supreme Court Becomes a law of the land And takes precedence over decisions of lower courts The Internal Revenue Service Must follow Supreme Court decisions For the examiners The Supreme Court decisions Have the same weight As the code The Internal Revenue Code The Haunted House In Edwards versus the Commissioner, 415 F is in Frank, 2D 578 582. The court said the dignity of a contract cannot be set aside because a tax benefit results either by design or by accident. A trust organization consisting of a U.S. constitutional right of contract cannot be abridged. The agreement, when executed, becomes a constitutionally protected organization and not under the laws passed by any of the several legislatures. Supreme Court holds that the trust relationship comes under the realm of equity. And I know, you know, a lot of people don't understand, you know, why I be saying these things and what these things be going, man. You know, it's like, look, most of the times you're going to reach that level when when you file an appeal. And anytime you file an appeal, is there's anything that is impairing the obligation of the contract. So the trust indenture can say that this is an expense according to the trust And that expense is an obligation of the trust. What does that mean? No state can pass any law impairing the obligation of contract. And through specific contracts, 
and through the administration of specific contracts and understanding contract law, the power of the contract, the power of these contract protections when it comes to the Constitution. Those who administer private entities, those who are, quote, on the private side, end quote, have different stories to tell. And different things, different scenarios, different experiences from those who do not Administer privately Administer their affairs privately But I mean you know It's up to you It's up to you how you do your dance But you know that was me just sharing some tales Some tales from the private side You know I could There was a couple you know There's other stuff you know I can't say everything on the air um, a lot of the stuff that goes on in the private is hard to believe. It's hard to, you know, but if you've never experienced it, how can anyone tell you about it? How can anyone truly know? And you know, unless we unless we can admit and acknowledge that we don't know what we don't know. And seek that which we don't know That which we know that we don't know How else can one change their condition You know So with that being said You know uh, That's all the tales from the private side That I'm willing to share but I will say this, you know, um, it's, it's fear, fear, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talking about fear, fear and fear. And, and I, I tend not to speak on fear, you know, too much. But I, I will say this fear is an immobilizer. Fear makes you freeze, makes you stop, makes you not move forward, you know, which leads to stagnation, which leads to non being non productive, which leads to a certain type and kind of resentment that builds up over time. Because ultimately and subconsciously we know when we're not being productive. We know when we're in a a uh stationary position and haven't made any progress or made any movement. Towards the goal that we, you know, that we have. Fear may easily be the apparent or alleged cause of not doing a thing, but that fear will not take away the desire and the passion to do a thing. 
Once again, fear may be easily used, subconsciously used as a reason to not achieve or attempt to do a thing. But fear cannot take away the passion, the desire, the want, and sometimes the need to do something, to change something, to try something different. And a lot of people play games with this trust stuff. And a lot of people don't get too far. And then some people, they get in trouble with the Internal Revenue Service. They get in trouble with the authorities. A lot of people get their stuff taken. A lot of people, you know, do this thing. They do that thing. Blah, 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 blah. So there's a lot of fear that goes into, you know, being, going, being private. Oh, there's, there's a lot of fear that goes into giving up a benefit or a perceived benefit that's offered apparently free to become independent and give up dependency, it can be a fear-inducing thought. Let me tell you, fear will hold you back. Fear will limit your life. Excuses will do the same. And I refuse to be on my deathbed, sitting in that weird bed, weird mattress, and the extra clean pillows, with the oxygen tubes in my nose, looking at my hands and how wrinkled and old they are, knowing that I'm at the end of my life, and there's all these things that I can no longer do, and all these things that I didn't do because of fear. I refuse. I don't care how scared I am. I don't care how fast my heart beats. I don't care if I just suddenly start sweating. If I got shivers up and down my spine, I don't care. Because I fear being at the end of my time on this plane and having issue with myself because of the things that I did not do or the things that I did do out of fear. So I said all this to say that. Y'all, do yourself a favor and think of fear as an enemy. And even even though you hear that voice in your head that tells you that you shouldn't do this, you're going to get in trouble, and it ain't going to work for you, and you can't do it, and you're not smart enough, and all these different things that this voice tells you, it may sound like your voice. That's not you. It's not you. Just like that all capital name isn't your name. It just looks like your name. That, 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 that voice just sounds like you. And the fear may may seem and feel real. And I'm sure it is. But what we fear, nine times in the ten, isn't even real. It's not even true. And it's that fear, it's that negative mental focus that brings that which we fear the most to us. Right to our front, right to our face, right to our front door. All that negative energy focus on what we fear. Stop focusing on what you fear and focus on what you love. 
Stop thinking about what you don't like and start thinking about what you do like. Think of it like this. You deserve to have positive thoughts. If you have a choice, which you do, would you think negative or would you think positive? Would you feel good or would you feel bad? Most people say, I want to feel good, but they don't put in the work to dispel the fear and the negative thoughts and think positive and choose. And be deliberate. Because fear will keep you in the public. Fear will keep you dealing with the social and dealing with the individual and individual bank accounts. Fear will have you dealing with all this stuff. And just because you know the outcome and you know what to expect doesn't mean that that's what you want to do. That doesn't mean that that's what's for you. That doesn't mean that that is the best choice. So in in my life, as you should, I'm very deliberate. I look out and what I see before me is my world. No one looks at the world the way I do. I have a specific and unique perspective, vibration, Electronic, electromagnetic signature, heart rhythm, and outlook on life, the world, politics, and so on and so forth. And, and my view in my life is unique. Through specific choices, I do my best to advance my life and be more significant. And I fight fear every day. So, you know, don't let fear hold you back. Reach out and grab what you want. And it don't matter if you fail. And it don't matter if anyone sees you fail. What people think of you is none of your business and has no bearing on your results or potential. What is what it is, y'all. I appreciate y'all checking out the show. I appreciate y'all being consistent. And I appreciate y'all as you begin to appreciate yourself and believe in yourself. There's things that I'm doing on the private side with private entities that I never believed I would ever be able to achieve. And it really just, you know, it really just, uh, it really just goes to show that there's, there's, you know, we don't know what we don't know. We don't. We don't know what we don't know. And you know, I, I share, I share these tales from the private side. Out of love, straight up, out of love. I love y'all. I want the best for y'all. 
if I could, I'd, you know, I make make all y'all lives set in the way that you see fit. But you know, I can't do that. So I do this. I do my best. But you know, I appreciate it. Admin at welcome to the foundation dot com. Email me. Um, trustee training. Passport no social part one and two. Foundation trust series part one and two. Due to what's going on, we'll just you know. We got grants, grants, also known as discounts. <laughs> You know what I mean? So just email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. Uh, check out the website, welcome to the foundation.com. There's free stuff on there. Sign up for the email list. You know, you can book a consultation. You can make a donation. You can do all that stuff. Drop me a line, you know? Let me know what's good. Book a consultation. You know, jump into trustee training. Holler at me about private family foundations, these tax exempt entities. Or not. I'm just trying to, you know, help change your life. You know, with that being said, I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a wonderful, gorgeous, luxurious week. Absolutely luxurious week. And I'm out of here. Yeah, I see y'all. I'm not taking no phone calls, man. I love y'all though. But I'm gonna catch y'all um next week, you know. Um, I appreciate all of the positive feedback that I got for the Glitch the Matrix series. You know, that's what's up. That's love. Just, you know, I'm working hard out here for y'all. But, you know, pay attention to what's going on. Uh, get your hands on some silver. Get your hands on some gold. Um, I don't know. It's called dollar cost averaging. So, like, if you got $40 every month to get gold and silver, just get $40 worth, no matter how much you can get. Doesn't matter, you know. But, with that being said, I appreciate y'all. Y'all check out welcome to the foundation.com. Email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. I'm out here. Um, you know, putting in the work. Doing, doing as best as I can. Y'all have a great week. I love y'all. Enjoy yourself. Make sure you say 10 things that you're thankful for before you go to sleep. Still for the soul. With that being said, take care of yourself. Be safe. Um, and enjoy yourself. Love y'all. Peace to the gods. Doing this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio.